Hi, thanks for checking out Liquid Chords. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that in the run-up to Christmas, and for a limited time only, we are offering 15% off bottles of Dead Rabbit through the DLD.com. Just enter the promo code Liquid Chords, which is all one word, and treat yourself or a loved one to some of the finest Irish whiskey for the holiday season. Hello and welcome to Liquid Chords. Today we have our friend Travis Gilbert, aka Travi the Native. We had a great time catching up as we spoke about his recent rebrand, the fear of putting yourself out there, and the stigmas around men's fashion. We as well discussed what it's like having a parent who's also a songwriter, and his changing attitude towards music. And even though he will always look better than me in a shirt and blazer, and everything else for that matter, you can't help but love the guy. So enjoy. Liquid Hey Travis, how are you getting on? Hey man, not too bad, how are you getting on? I'm doing good, thanks a million for doing this. Mate, I'm buzzing to be part of it, so thanks for asking me. Good, good, good. Genuinely. I feel relaxed enough with you here that I don't have too many notes. Um, Aye, that's fair. Yeah, but we, we go back a wee while. A wee while, so it's not going to be too many scathing questions here. <laughs> <laughs> the fans, the fans <laughs> demand I, I, answers. That's right, I was losing sleep last night, man, <laughs> just in case, you know. Um, it's obviously been a big year for you. COVID aside, how have you felt things have went in relation to the rebrand? Well, if I'm honest, it's it's kind of it's been a bit of a blessing in disguise initially. Like there was there was a lot of like deliberation as to whether I should launch or a new project or rebrand mid pandemic. But if if I'm honest, it's the only thing that's kind of kept me sane. There's not like there's there like because I've been able to work on tracks, put them out and kind of just get head first into that and entirely that for the last, I don't know, what are we in, like eight months now to this this whole thing? So for the last like eight months, it's actually been a blessing in that and, I, and I'm glad. It kind of also, the idea of not being able to like look too far ahead has allowed me just to focus on like small things within you know the music just putting the songs out i can't think about shows i can't think about touring whereas in any kind of other normal walk of life when you're starting a a project or rebranding or whatever it may be there's it's kind of all encompassing a lot of the time where you're like well we need to do this and then we need to live and then we need to maybe try and play shows and tour it and blah 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 and it's given me like a lot of space in my in my mind not to you know to think just solely about what the main focus is at the minute so i'm actually i'm actually really um glad that we that we went through with it and kind of lucky that there hasn't been a lot of other distractions you know yeah it makes sense and it's a incredibly positive outlook and i think you're right you know you you you're always considering gigs and we'll have to do, there'll be a Belfast show and a Dublin show and a London. We're really going to need to sell tickets to make a statement and there's none of that bullshit. It's just like, I'm going to make music, release it and I'm happy doing that. Yeah, kind of the box stops there a bit, you know, and you're like, that's that's a nice feeling because you can, you can tick things off and move on to the next, you know? It was like we had, like I had a plan for these, these three singles to come out and it was just like first one done did its thing in a certain amount of weeks whatever 
kick it off onto the next, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's been quite um freeing to do that without the thought of of having to plan much else aside from like content, you know? Yeah. I don't want to dwell on the past too much, but you've been talking about you know, I know we had chatted, um it's pretty inebriated both times, I think, about... Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> same, man. But I remember it well. Yeah. I'd say Voodoo was one of them. Yeah. The uh, American show, yeah. And I think you were, it was something you were considering for a while. What for uh, What for you, I know you've spoken about it in the past, but what for you was the final, like, what was the main catalyst in it all? Or the, even, the, like, the final nail to be like, okay, I need to change or do something different here? I think it was it was over quite an extensive period of time. I'd say it, it like, I, I got to the stage where I wasn't, it initially started with just not writing any music and then I got really quite cynical and bitter about the industry at like a relatively young age and not having like, you know, personally with Travis as a tourist, I was successful, you know, successful as I wanted to be. I got to tour quite a lot in Europe and do things like that, but I started to just like not even see that and and then I got quite better about the industry and that then kind of made me just not really a good like a nice person or a good person to be around I don't think for a while because I just got into this mind frame of like fuck this is all bullshit what are you doing it for nobody gives a fuck all about you know all that sort of stuff can we swear on this sorry yeah, yeah well we can now yeah and then I stopped writing music and then I kind of lost my voice and lost what what I was trying to say through all of that. And I kind of just, I just had to take a step back from it and be like, I can't really call this my profession or my job if I'm not doing it. You know, I was just letting time pass. And, and I then started to think more about what I wanted to do, what my voice would be. And then I started to think, you know, I could, I could kind of, I'm a different person now than than when Travis as a tourist started. So I think that was part and parcel of having to maybe stay true to just who I was or what I was thinking because my opinions had changed a lot in like four years, you know. And then I started thinking more and more about a new project and I got started to get really excited again about music. And I went on a trip this is kind of a main catalyst and it's as cliched as 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 it is, as it comes but i kind of don't really care because it worked for me but i went on a motorbike trip to vietnam and um with a load of the boys and it was just total game changer it was something that i i think i just needed in in my mind just to be shocked a bit you know and um to be completely terrified and i subsequently crashed the motorbike broke my collarbone and kind of wrecked myself so I couldn't play music or anything for like a good few months. And that time I was like, right, okay, I'll just write tunes and maybe like I g- give myself, it, it gave me time, you know, just to make music again without any plan of what to do with it. And I kind of think that was the turning point that I got to a stage where I was like, oh, I've actually made a load of music without the pressure of doing anything with it. And then had a load of material. And then I was able to be like, you know what? I could maybe put this out. And that that's what happened. And I've just been trying to kind of stick to that mantra since Travel the Native started, mm-hmm. pretty much. And, and sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say and not get lost in those feelings that had you questioning 
a hundred percent. It's like like genuinely just validating my own opinion on things is I don't know if it's like getting older or whatever it may be, but it's just like the idea of seeing it for what it is. It it's like I just want to make music and put it out and I'm not going to stop making music. So the idea of like chasing this one single or chasing the Spotify streams and all this sort of stuff and the things that like they do matter and like that like to a certain extent and you obviously I I want for those things on the broader scale but I kind of think if they're a subconscious kind of aim um not a focus the focus is just making like sick tunes or you know mm-hmm. just putting music out I think then it becomes a whole lot easier or it did for me at least yeah, that notion you're saying about not chasing it some of the most successful people I know are extremely hardworking, but those things yeah. don't enter their psyche. And yeah. I was exact exactly the same as you. So involved and so involved in the music scene and so blinded by as to like how lucky I was to be able to tour and be with my friends and write music. Yeah man. You know, so many things happening for you and that for me, same as you, just I was like, okay. I'm just going to completely change my attitude towards this. And funny, when I stopped looking for those things, they found me, you know, some of the yeah, things. Yeah, man. And just, as you said, and and I think as well, Trav, like, the music you've written is the best music you've ever written. Oh, thank you, man. And that That really means a lot. Like, especially coming from you, who I know we're friends, but I'm, like, a massive fan of how... You make music and the music you do, so that really means a lot. I appreciate that, man. It's genuine, and that that and I ha- have a suspicion that those songs came at a time when you were feeling pretty good and positive and creative. Yeah, I, yeah. Weirdly enough, man, there's some of the easiest songs I've ever written, just based on not necessarily subject matter, or but based on like the the idea of just like putting the blinkers on you know and just being like honest enough there was quite a lot of, there's quite a lot of stuff that like in in the in those songs and and songs that are due to come out that there's a few lines here and there where i'm like i don't know how that's going to be taken because that's maybe a bit too you know my man's going to hear this song <laughs> god be there man <laughs> and it's like you know and you're like ah man like but at the same time it's like well that's that's the kind of that's that's my reality in in a certain you know in the, in the snapshot of whatever I'm writing about and it's like it kind of has to be said. Put the earmuffs on, mum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't listen to that. But that's about somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of friends and peer group, um, I kind of got speaking to you when I started working with uh, Chris and Danny from Blue Americans. Yes, and yes. Our friend, mutual friend Matt Jones, who happens to be in the room with me. What up, what up? There he is. <laughs> and hey, is man. Being the, the the secret man behind like records. Um, yeah. Matt, you played with Travis a couple of times live. I did actually. Yeah, very enjoyable. The one time, one time, Trav. Yeah, one time. Right? Yes, we did. That was the Emerald Armada gig, wasn't it? Yeah, such fun. That was that was fun. I remember. Yeah, that was that was typical Travis's tourist fashion, where it was relative like. Not a whole lot of planning on my part. <laughs> but we got there and it was fun. It was really good fun. And like, that's something I notice about you. You kind of have a close... I, I have as well. Um, and I like to have a close-knit 
bunch of people like friends I, tr- I try not to think too much about getting the best the best player all the time maybe I should but I, I, li- <laughs> I like having people on stage that I know that I'm familiar with and yeah is that important to you it's really important to me to have to be able to turn around to my left or the right and like know the person that's standing there it's not like you know I'm really lucky we're all really lucky that everybody we know in like a close-knit group are phenomenal musicians and the chemistry and it helps with the chemistry so I watched you play um that gig what you did with your dad um oh and foresight yeah and oh no way yeah and it was the first time i think it was the first time I saw, well i saw you in a long time anyway and yeah. you, could, you could tell on stage the camaraderie between the band it wasn't just like four or five session musicians that we called in you know you can tell that there's a you're a close-knit bunch and that definitely yeah. comes across well i think that's it like owen mcgarry was on that gig as well and thomas bannon was on that gig and i live with those boys you know and it's kind of and Owen has produced a lot of the Travis's tour stuff and Banzo's played on a lot of it and we've done covers together for years and it's kind of I'm in a very privileged position for there to be like numerous people who are my friends to just be like I know exactly who's right for that job if they want to do it and they're usually like yeah I'd love to play and I'd do whatever but yeah I think the idea of you just want to do it with your mates you know it's kind of like like the gig is the is always the fun part, but it's like having having the beers after and having the crack that you normally would on a on any given night is just as fun as being on stage. And if you go on stage with those guys and you have a blinder of a gig, you come off and everybody's just like on top form. You and know, together yourself. in it, like that's the difference. Yeah. You know, it's not someone's heading off to do the, the next cover gig, or yeah. you know, it's you're in it together. Yeah, okay. yeah, totally. I get you. You. Just to like backtrack and kind of go where we probably should have started. Uh, <laughs> I want to chat to you early on. When did you start playing music and, and writing? So, um, my dad's a musician, as we were saying, and music's generally just been in in our family forever. So I, I think I got my first acoustic guitar at like age nine or something. And I kind of played in primary school. I learned the electric real young, probably like like P six, probably. And um I remember I remember trying to learn I played guitar for a wee while and I mean to be honest, I'm not much better now than I was then. <laughs> but uh, it's got me it's got me by until until this point, you know. Secrets secrets out now, guys. Um that's why I get the likes of banjo in. Um but yeah, I played, and then I remember I was a massive Chili Peppers fan, just wanted to be for Shante, like, back in the day, as did many young guitar players, depending on what you first listened to, if it was that, or it was, like, Metallica, or whatever it was, you know? But um, then I remember trying to learn Under the Bridge, you know the intro? And my hands were so small that I couldn't do it. And I gave up guitar because I was like, well, if I can't learn this, then I'm never going to never gonna be a rock star, you know? But after a while, picked up a guitar, probably got into guitar properly uh, secondary school, like first year, you know? And like started trying to learn songs through. And the first thing I picked up when I started playing guitar again, I was like, I'll learn under the bridge. And if I can learn it, then I'm set. And I did. And the hands were slightly today. bigger then. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was it. And then like but I mean I was in bands with like like my my neighbours who were kids when we were like super young. We would just play and dad would let us come into his studio, you know, and just like dick around. And then bands got more serious, I guess, from age fifteen onwards when the likes of um I was in a band called Seven Story Weather started and then Collie Strings, which was kind of like the main opening like for me to the scene i was like oh shit we can go out in belfast and we can play gigs you know what's it like having because nobody in my family at all plays music what's it like having your father as a musician it, it's mad but it's kind of something that i just i i like i said i haven't known any different which is which is really lucky but more recently I mean, the Forestside gig that you saw was the first time we've ever gigged together. We've done, like, covers and stuff together, but that was a real special moment for both of us, I think. Um, And, like, just getting to play before him and, like, in, like, a sold-out venue was just weird, but really, really cool. And uh, then over lockdown, I was was living at mum and dad's house for the best part of lockdown, and um, until I moved back up into Belfast here with Jack, my manager, and Banjo, Thomas Bannon, who I was talking about, um, we started working on each other's stuff. And like, I would be like, man, would you throw BVs down on this track of mine? And he was like, what do you think of this? And we'd sit and have a few beers, and I'd be like, well, maybe you could try that. And it's, it was really nice, because it was the first time we've actually gotten to a studio together without any pressure, but just being like, well, there's nothing else to do, so you want to like pick up a guitar or what like he would just be like i'm kind of i don't know what beat would work on this and we try stuff and before you know it it's a couple of hours and and a handful of beers later and we're both like mate that's class you even even if it doesn't come to anything it's like those times and those with your parents you know or yeah like you can't put a price on that and just my dad as i said um loves music but um i can't play it but would be my biggest critic and not that he doesn't support me he supports me with everything i do but you know if i yeah. said dad have a listen to this what do you think and you know like suddenly my dad has a fucking knowledge of like time signatures <laughs> and like he's like oh i don't know like I, I think it could be a bit more waltzy you know and you're like well <laughs> dad would, would your dad be like i mean like, give you any sort of feedback like that or like see to be honest like um very supportive but in a way that he's like he's like look it 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 would be hard for me. It's going to be hard for me and we're going to, we're going to get there. But if this isn't, you know, if it's not good or if it's not right, but it, it's just like, you see what you've done there. What are you thinking about doing here? And I'd have the conversation. You know what it's like? You play a demo to anybody or you play whatever to anybody. And you're always like, just to let you know, this isn't done yet. <laughs> you know? And then they're, they're listening intently and the chorus comes in. You're like, drums are going to come in there. You know, uh, there'll be, there'll be nice vocals on We're that. We're getting Budge Fig in to mix yeah, it here yeah. after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, all that crap, but it's like, I can do that. And he's like, and because he has enough of a knowledge about it and he does it himself, I think he, he can see the end goal realistically. Just sounds like a, Sounds like a wholesome family. Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, very privileged. Um, I, I genuinely, I am. And a very, very supportive mother as well, who has never played, but is 100% my biggest fan. And as um, she has completed social media now, just she just posts, <laughs> shares everything. Bonus kills level. It. Yeah, I'm like, good on you. But the, one of the things 
I was curious about. You have this on Instagram. You do the Thursday threads. Your style and fashion are so closely linked to your music, and it's something you know you're you're quite proud of. Do you have any? Have you ever felt conscious about those things? Oh, I've always been really into fashion, and and just I like I love clothes and I love aesthetic, and I kind of it's just uh, like it's just been a bit of a, an addiction or hobby for me as much as music, you know. And I think for me they they run hand in hand because as much as i'm trying to uh like be honest with my music and be who i am that just comes part and parcel you know and the one thing i i kind of think there was there was an element of i want to do this because it's me and i like the idea i follow quite a lot of fashion blogs and and things like that and i was just like well i I could maybe start posting about that. And then the more I kind of looked into it and thought about it, I was like, maybe I could just speak about it in a way that the guys don't like, not a lot. It's not, it's, it's still, it's relatively strange and toxic almost for a guy to be super into his fashion and like talk about it. It's a bit, there's still a bit of toxic masculinity with that. I think, you know, um, and, I, I kind of, not not like I'm on a total crusade for that, but I just want to be like, if I can, if I can maybe just get some dudes who are a bit afraid to like push the boat out and try things or whatever, just to be like, shit, I can maybe do that because that's all I did. I, like you know, I've just like, I wear what I like, and it's sometimes it's a bit out there, and I know that, but then showcasing it felt a bit out of my comfort zone and I think but I think that's that was a good thing I think if you're not slightly scared about something at any given time you're maybe you're maybe not doing the right thing so I was like well for this to become a normal conversation and for me to actually be able to talk about it I don't need to be a pro at this all I need to talk about is what I'm wearing and why you know it doesn't seem like You've been told by a stylist to wear this, or and that's it. It doesn't look good. I mean, I know it's it's authentically you, and well, I that, un- the point you're making about men struggle. I struggle with it. I struggle to talk about with my friends about you know what I'm going to wear. I don't like I I, yeah. I I don't. And you're cautious, like you know, you buy a shirt and you're like, Jesus, a bit, this is a bit out there. I wonder what the boys yeah. are going to think. And that's. Like, you know, I think that is, that's something I definitely feel. So I think, you know, I'm not going to be alone in thinking that. But that's it also. It's yeah. kind of like the, the whole, the main theme is like, you have to be like, where, where what makes you feel good? Realistically, there's, there's kind of, that's just generally, that's it, yeah. you know? But the idea of like thinking a bit more about it for some people who want to, it's a fun thing, man, you know? <laughs> Connor, do you know about Trav's newsletter? I, I think I've seen it, Tom. It tells a bit more, Trav. The whole Travel the Native thing started with my friend Jack who runs Crash Management. So he is managing Travel the Native. And um we spent a lot of lockdown on the phone planning and talking and and, and you know ho- figuring out how we're gonna put the world to rights and all these grand plans. Um because we were just starting out and it was really fun to kind of just find what gear we're in and kind of the direction of where we see this going and one of the things we talked about was I always wanted to do a magazine and 
I would love, I, I still would, I would love to do a physical magazine one day and I would love, you know, um, to down the line be able to interview people for it and be able to showcase people for it. But I, we started this magazine and we were like, we'll do it as a newsletter online. Um, it's called Native Speaker. And it was, it's once a month and you sign up and it's free and you get it um, emailed to you in the form of... Uh, like a flipbook magazine so you click in and it reads like a magazine but on your on your computer and it was it was kind of just much like fashion like we were saying but there's everything revolves around the music and what I do really but it's nice to do other things that aren't solely just based on the songs and what you're doing with the songs and how the songs sound and all that sort of stuff and if I'm honest it's quite self-indulgent the the magazine but um it was fun. It was a place for me and Jack just to be creative for the sake of being creative with no idea of what we were doing. Well, but it's been really fun to do just as like another bit of content, you know? Yeah, I was talking to Andy from the Bonnevilles a couple of weeks ago and he was oh, saying, hi. he was like talking about the importance of creating imagery in a world that people who do like your music can go to. And it's not just, I think we forget because and I definitely forget because I've been doing this for so long now I used to think of music almost in a different way and think of artists and because I am I will I'm an artist in my own right yeah sometimes I, I look at music diff- diff- differently but I remember being like a kid and even when I was in the teens I wanted to know more about the artist I wanted to know what their influences were I wanted to know like what what like got them feeling creative and I yeah think, you know sometimes you Maybe it's like a, you're conscious and you're also constantly thinking, is this an ego thing, egotistical? Exactly, I, yeah. You know, and I'm mean, like, do people care? But yeah, the the people who love your music, I think they do care, you know? Yeah, and, I, yeah. yeah I, th- I think that's it. I think they're, the, the people that follow those things are the people that, you know, it's kind of, it's the same as like the people that buy merch and the people that, it's just always a small percentage of your following, you know? um, But those are usually the loyal fans you can you can you can count on those people and i think in my head that's as well as for myself but that's who i'm making everything for at the minute you know it's for the that small one percent of people within the instagram followers the facebook followers whatever it may be who really really care it is quite egotistical and just making more content but about yourself it's, it's like you know you is releasing music egotistical is right you know it's like you have to totally. draw the line and you have to go yeah. okay well this is what i love doing and this is another way for my art to you know reach be, people be, yeah, reach people and be yeah. presented so and it's a fear like man i consistently have that fear it's a minefield but you're doing i think it you're is. doing it really well and i think what you've said like it's a incredibly nice sentiment the idea of trying to make people feel like they, they can like you know i don't want to get cheesy but he loves himself like we use that like yeah you know we use that like a fucking a slur on people yeah like if i'm totally. looking to be in like if i look at a picture of you in your clothes I, I want to go you know what travis looks well not i might get a do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like it should it should be like that but it's but again like yeah it's kind of the people that the, the people that decide to, the, the, to take it that way to to be whatever he loves himself about me. F- like fine, I like they aren't the they aren't the people I'm doing this for. You yeah. know, realistically, yeah. and I kind of, um, 
the age-old thing of like you can't please everybody and you're gonna piss a load of people off <laughs> along the way or people are gonna have opinions on it but i i like i wish i had learned that a bit sooner in life where it's like ah fuck i'll do it anyway sure <laughs> see what happens a few people yeah exactly <laughs> there'll be a few people that would like it i said we're around probably around the same age and i've you you've yet to release an album um is that yeah. something you give much thought to because i feel Sometimes, like, I wish it was something I would have done when I was younger, or like, I feel like, like, you know, I need to re- release now before I'm 30, or I need to do it before this time period. Is it yes. something that's like in your psyche, being like, I need to do this to solidify things, or just. Uh, to be honest, I kind of. I have a. I have a feeling that I'll know. You know what I mean? Uh, like, I'll know when that's, when that's due to happen. I kind of. The way I consume albums, I can, I like people who people who are you know, albums are somewhat like in the mainstream and stuff. Albums are somewhat out the window. They're not the way they used to be. You know what I mean? But I am. Absolutely. I kind of fell down the single route where I was just like people's attention span, clean out the window. You're saying about people's attention spans. Like, and you get it. You get these like fucking generic emails where like people from labels contact you and be like, "Oh, I loved that track. Have you got any more stuff?" So we got one from this person. I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not any yeah, specifics. No worries. But they sat up, said, love the music, would love more, sat more, brilliant. Want to set up a meeting? Can we get, can we get a meeting? Yeah, mm-hmm. brilliant, no worries. And you give them the link to listen to the songs they've, li- they've asked for and haven't even fucking played it. Like, Aye. why, why bother? Why waste your time? And I know people like have, I know people have think like maybe something was signed that week or maybe like, you know, circumstances change but yeah. don't waste my time and don't waste your time by like totally by doing it have just a bit of common decency for people genuinely that's it man decency where it's like like this this is one thing so jack from crash management he he was a lawyer that's what he got like he did his master's in law and he started on um he started working for a law firm here and all that sort of stuff and then when he got into the management thing we're you know we're pr and all of this ourselves and he's the one there writing hundreds of emails to people you know and he is like this person hasn't replied to me in two days and i'm like i yeah like you're lucky if you'll you'll (laughs) get one (laughs) yeah and he's just like this is a joke this is a joke in any other line of work he's like people that's what they do they work that's why they have an email okay so as we mentioned it is a very individual pursuit and you have to take the highs with the lows but if someone sh- in such a difficult environment, when someone shows a shred of confidence in you and takes you along that road, the industry's full of people with, with mental health issues, difficulties, totally. and we just like yep. ignore that. Again, in common decency, all that needs to be said is just like, this isn't right for us at this moment in time. Being refused multiple times, and it's like... Yeah, like you said, you talk about the mental health in the industry, and that's that's so rife and some something that is like especially in terms of this pandemic as well it is mad because everything has moved to social media which i think is a necessary evil like you said and when it's evil it is it's the devil mate it is just like the pressure to post on it the pressure to get likes the pre- like when you post something the idea of the next two and a half hours of your day being completely written off because all you're doing is refreshing instagram is it <laughs> It's just a nightmare. My least favorite word of 2020, statistics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've heard enough of them. Yeah. Oh, jeez. 
We got deep there. We got really deep. Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> um, Travi the Natives' first ever gig. Where would you like it to be, realistically? Oh, yeah. So I haven't actually done a gig yet. That's weird. I, I really, really love, like, the tiny committee room in the Ulster Sports Club. Have you been there? Yeah, yeah. It's, it I, love, like I love that place people, in general. Man. Yeah. yeah, it's such a cool... I miss, I miss that bar for sure. Um, I miss quite a lot of bars, is, but is that the but is that the part of it where we saw Chris play? I saw you that night in the Ulster Sports Club. Uh, oh, Chris Bateman? No, yeah. that was that was in the bigger room. The right, committee okay. room is like a like a tiny room off the hall of that, um, which is way smaller, okay. and it's very very intimate. I maybe like uh, genuinely. I I want to do a Belfast show, but I kind of want to do it somewhere different. Maybe you know. Mm-hmm. It'd be quite cool to do, I don't know, pick like like a coffee shop of an evening and get a load of people in and do like a, you know, just something really chill and um, have some cool visuals and all that sort of stuff. But geez, thinking about live, I should really do that soon, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fire Jack a message here. Yeah, uh, dude. <laughs> make sure he replies me though. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing he has said. He has been like, considering... um. What he has experienced, he was like, I will reply to every and any email, even like music submissions he's had for Crash and things like that. He has replied to everybody, whether it's just been like, look, I can't even look at this now because we're so busy. Because life's in the but, way, you know, that's totally hundred yeah. percent. But he is like, I avoid, I avoid to reply to everybody that has sent, sent him an email, yeah. which is decent. No, it's a good mantra to go by. Um, thanks a million. For doing this, man. Um, Mate, this was fun. this was really lovely. Yeah, yeah, genuinely, it was really nice to get a hang and a catch up, and um, and just to talk about myself. You know, I'm happy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy uh, to do it too. Good friends. <laughs> um, cheers, man, and uh, take care. Yes, good to see you. Take it easy. Hi there, it's Matt here, the producer of Liquid Chords. Just want to take this opportunity to introduce to you a new segment called Cocktails with Steph. Steph is going to teach us how to make some delicious cocktails using Dead Rabbit Irish Whiskey. Enjoy. Hey, Steph, how are you getting on? Hey, how are you? I'm good. We're delighted to have you. I'm looking forward to um, seeing what we'll be drinking. Um, yeah, me too. I mean, I'm I'm very excited. I've got some some things up my sleeves. But um, this week, I'm actually focusing on um, not so much what we're going to be drinking, but more so what we're going to be eating, because we're coming up to Christmas time, and I'm kind of obsessed with food right now. Okay, I did not get the right memo, but I'm intrigued. Tell me. <laughs> um, so today, we're going to focus on making your um, mince pies and Christmas cakes kind of funkified. And to do that, you really only need two ingredients. Um, so obviously your bottle of Dead Rabbit Irish Whiskey and the second one is raisins. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do tell. I'm intrigued. I'm completely, you've got my attention here. Okay. So you're going to need a scalpel and a really bright light, an operating table. Um, no. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> And a mask. It's actually so yeah, and a mask. Well, yeah. I mean, if you don't have a mask, are you even in 2020? Um <laughs> Yeah, it's super easy. So you basically just get a jar, fill the jar with raisins, and then cover the raisins with whiskey. It's like the easiest thing in the world. 
Um, so what we're doing is, is we're infusing the raisins with whiskey. So you can take those raisins and then you can add them to your mince pie, your mince meat mix. Um, and you can also use them within your Christmas cake. And what it does is the raisins will take a lot of the flavor of the whiskey because they're dried and then they kind of swell up a little. And so when you have mince pies and Christmas cake, you end up with these like kind of fruity, juicy little pops in the cake. Have okay. I told you? Yeah, no, you have. Um, so... And do you just like, how long do we leave it for? How long do we leave the reason, reasons in the... So um, you can kind of leave it for however long you need to leave it. So I'd recommend um, that you do it in a glass jar. You know, like those jars um, with the swing top, the kilner yeah. jars? Yeah. yeah. So they're the best because they make sure that there's going to be no bacteria or anything that goes into the jar. So you want to keep it in one of those. And you actually want to keep it somewhere warm because you want to promote the interaction between the whiskey and the raisins. But I should say that the raisins will probably start to swell about two or three days after you've done it. So just leave it somewhere warm. And then you can kind of, every time you walk past it, you can make a ritual of just like shaking up the raisins. You know? <laughs> can you have a sip as well as you pass? Or... I mean, you have to quality control. How else would you know what's going on in there? You know, I'd also like, you know, sneaky tip. Um, they're great on porridge in the mornings. Excellent. Uh, just, just throwing that out there, you know. Officer was only raisins. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so just, um, yeah, just make sure that it's in a glass jar with um, a sealable lid. Make sure the jar is sterilized beforehand because that will make sure that nothing kind of weird happens in that jar. Like we want it to be funky, but not that funky. Okay. Um, and then um, make sure the raisins are covered with whiskey. And then when you're using the raisins for making uh, mincemeat, like realistically, because of the alcohol, you could keep them for months at a time if you wanted to. So you could just have this random jar of like oozy boozy raisins um, and the liquid is is going to be immense. I'm telling you now, it's, it's just a jar of wonder and joy, which is really what you want for Christmas. Absolutely. We'll hold you to that. Um, so yeah, <laughs> thanks a million for coming on, Steph, and we'll no catch problem. you next week. Sweet. Bye. I've been here a million nights, rushing through a bottle just to pass the time. Nothing ever changes, parties overrated, having conversations, same old faces. Head home, I reckon I might. Everybody's moved on from red to white, and nothing ever changes. No, nothing ever changes. That was Travi the Native and his song Cool. I'm glad to hear that Travis is in such a good place and musically I think he's at the top of his game and I know there's loads more to come so be sure to lend him your ears. For a limited time our listeners can get 15% off Dead Rabbit Irish Whiskey at the DLD.com which is now offering free delivery across Ireland. That's us for this week. Thanks for tuning in and take care. What you're telling me is everything I know about myself I think too much about thinking too much Maybe I'll take a few lines open my mind Maybe I can learn to live Have a good time Maybe get a little high and see if you got it right When did it get so